All right, we have Darlene Perday, founder of DP Consults on this podcast. I'm excited to dive a little bit deeper and we're going to talk about sales. We're going to talk about systems. Darlene and I connected through Coach Keeg, who we've had on the show, through Zach Knight, who we've had on the show, Donnie Bovine, who we've had on the show. So like this massive ecosystem that we've been a part of, it just all comes full circle and we get the blessed opportunity to meet some amazing people. And Darlene is one of those. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And we do have a great network, right? Absolutely. So why, why don't we, and funny enough, we actually live 20 minutes from each other, which is, which is funny. Let's dive right into it. So I want to maximize the 20, 30 minutes we have together. Tell us a little bit more about your story, you know, where you've been and now where you're at today. Sure. So I've been in sales literally my whole life for many different companies. Within that, I've had roles where it was business development, product development. I've been in the fashion industry, the logistics industry. So I had my, and currently I am in the virtual staffing space. So within that, I always had the ability to kind of run my own department, do my own thing, have that entrepreneurial spirit while I was working for others. In fact, I just heard yesterday the word intrapreneur. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I had never heard that term before, but I'm like, yeah, that that sounds like me. So, so in doing that, I had dealt with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, and the one commonality that I have seen in the past few years is they have an amazing service. They have an amazing product. They don't like selling. They have to do it all, but that is not, not for everyone, but for a lot of them, they, that's not their sweet spot. So that's where they're struggling. And that's why I created DP Consults because I empower those leaders to be able to sell for themselves. Sure. And I love that you brought up the entrepreneur. I learned that actually from Patrick Bet David, if you're familiar with him. And he talks about one of the best ways to go about entrepreneurship in your 20s when you're starting is through entrepreneurship, finding a company that gives you the opportunity to grow, to be an, an entrepreneur inside of that system. So you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And you get equity or whatever that looks like, but you also have a mentor, someone who's actually running the company to actually teach you all these things. And so I, I think that's something if you're young and you're looking for a way to start, find a company that has those types of core values that gives you those opportunities. I digress from there. Tell yeah. us a little bit more about DP Consults and you know what your client experience looks like and the gap that you're looking to bridge for your clients. Yeah, so I tried to have it more narrow where it was tangible. Most of the times when entrepreneurs are looking for support, they're not even sure exactly what they need or they're buying these programs, they're buying these systems that are, you know, uh, a huge investment, long time for turnaround, makes all these crazy promises. I really, my approach is with empathy. I am rooting for the underdog. I want to see everybody win. And in doing so, I created a one month intensive where it's mostly on my end, but there is client Obviously, I'm working with the clients and seeing what they are. I do a high level business overview of everything because sales is not in a vacuum. So I look at like I do a shotgun approach of just their business create. I created a discovery form, which goes really deep into what I need to know to kind of look into those areas and see. And then I create a detailed sales process, starting with 
how to convey their value, talking points, not a sales script. I hate sales scripts. Those are phony. Those are canned, but talking points that are working with the, with my client to really project their personality, what's important to them, their company values, all of that on that sales call. And then I create a cadence of buckets of where to put them. So a lot of entrepreneurs, they'll have a sales call and they'll think, okay, well, they said no, you know, no is no, no is not no, no, it could be not now. No could be, I have a referral partner for you or no could be like, I didn't convey the information properly. So really understanding that building out systems that they can follow up, follow through, referral programs. They get the whole kitchen sink at the end of the four weeks that they can operate and sell their own services and continue to grow their business. So in your opinion, what are some you know foundational skills every salesperson should master? Because obviously there's different styles and everybody comes from different backgrounds and ways of kind of handling the sales process from a personality perspective, but what are some key, you know, foundational skills that you think that every salesperson should, should have? So for me, I lead with empathy um, and active listening. I have to understand what that person needs. Like I said, most people are not even a hundred percent sure of what they need. So really understanding what they are and building that trust. So the first point is to build trust to build trust with the person that you're speaking to. Once you build that trust, that's where you're going to be able to convey your value. That's going to be able that's when you're able to kind of guide them on that buyer's journey, but before then, we've all had people that made promises or came across inauthentic and and you're turned off right away, even you know, even if you need the product or the service. So, so coming alongside of these owners and being able to ensure that they know how to convey the value authentically to them is important. And I also, in all fairness, I handpick who I'm working with. If you're a jerk and you just want to, you know, churn clients, that's, that's not who I'm looking for. There's plenty of people that'll work with them. Yeah. Well, well said. How has like, how has the traditional, you know, sales funnel or process evolved over time through obviously technology and just everything that's happened over the last give or take 20 to 30 years? And, you know, what does the modern sales journey look like compared to the old, the old world? Well, I absolutely have, I've been in the business for over 30 years, so I've seen it all. I think the core principles re- remain the same. It's the same. It's the same thing. Again, I've always led with empathy. I've always tried to do what is best for the client, give them a great client experience. So that stayed the same. But what's so exciting is I would say in the past couple of years, everything, the world is smaller and smaller, right? So I have the ability to collaborate with somebody in Ireland, somebody in India and the technology or to sell to them and the technology allows me to do that right from my home office. And I don't have to go anywhere. You know, back in the day, you had to make appointments. You had to take planes. You had to lug suitcases of product or whatever it is. And here, um, you can build relationships intentionally and never meet that person. Sure. Yeah. We say it all the time. Everything comes back to the rapport build. 
right? If you're doing a ton of due diligence up front and really getting to know this person and building ironclad rapport and genuine trust, then you don't have to pull out sales tactics and all these different things on the back end. You just got to be honest. And and if you take this approach of just diagnosing them and then prescribing them as a solution, and sometimes that prescription is, I don't think we're the right fit for you and referring them out to somebody else. That over time, what people don't understand is that multiplies into new sales, which ultimately is probably larger than the initial sale that you were going to get. I think everyone's trying to fit this square into a circle. Yes, you're absolutely right, because there are many people that I have connected with that will never use my services, but they are some of the best evangelists for sending people my way. Or they're like, you know what, I'm not sure, but Darlene, I'll shoot you straight, right? Like they know I'm going to be honest with them. And back to our amazing network, when you have these high quality people that you're surrounded with, if to your point, if you are not the right solution, you can confidently pass them off to someone who will be able to be a rock star and help them. And in return, they're going to start referring you business and making that handoff super, you know, a really nice transition. My, my question to you is I actually, it wasn't a question. It was more like a highlight of, I love what you said earlier about how no doesn't mean no. It's just not now or the proof is in the follow up. I think a lot of people, especially young people, don't understand that most of the time the initial contact is not going to be a sale. The, the first time is not, it's just not how it works. Most of the time it's six to seven touch points before you actually get to a sale. Talk to us about your follow up system. How do you follow up with integrity without being weird? So, yeah, that's a great question because I think we've all had people just in our inbox or spamming us and, you know, are you ready to buy? Are you ready to buy? What I do is I lead with some kind of value add. Every time I touch that person, whether it's a text, whether it's an email, I'm giving them some sort of value that they can use regardless if they ever use me or not, right? So it's that generosity mindset where you're pouring into people and giving to them versus just selfishly, are you ready to, are you ready to move forward? And it, and it is authentic because I do want to help people. And one day if they're ready, if they're not ready, they're not going to be a good client for you. I sometimes I even push people if they're like, I'm ready to go. You know, you get those over enthusiastic people that are ready to go immediately. Those are not the sticky clients. Typically, you know, I give them like a pause. Like I am so happy you're excited about this. Let me send everything in writing, digest it. Let's hop on another call and we can move forward then, you know, so so I think it's a matter of just knowing the different buying personalities and the different styles, but always when your touch points are creating value for the reader or, you know, the potential client to keep educating them in their journey. One of the cliche sayings you hear someone sometimes, they think they're complimenting someone who's in sales and they'll say, oh, that person can sell snow to an Eskimo, right? It's like, well, the problem that I'm sure you know where I'm going with this, right? Well, the Eskimo doesn't need snow, yeah, right? The Eskimo might need a jacket or a hat or gloves or boots, but it, the last thing the Eskimo needs is snow, right? And so yeah. it's all, it, the first step is finding the right audience and finding the problem that that audience has and finding solutions and being able to solve those problems for that audience, right? But then the, there's the extra layer. So you found your audience, you found the, 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 the solution to, to solve a problem that exists. 
the extra layer is sometimes helping people get out of their own way, right? And that's really where you get into the sales language. That's really where you get into the skill and the art of sales, I would say, right? And uh, so I guess what are some, you know, some mistakes you see a lot of folks make? And once they've found the right audience, they've found the right solution to a problem, what are some, you know, I guess, quick takeaways uh, for, our, for our audience on things, to, the do's and don'ts when talking with clients or, or customers, et cetera? Yeah. So you bring up a lot of good points. Selling ice to Eskimos, you know, that's like a badge of honor for a salesperson. And could I do that? Probably. Do I want to? Do I have to sleep at night? You know, that type of thing. So I think it's a matter of really knowing the person and have the person's best interest. Because again, then you're bringing in the right clients. And those are the ones that are going to be really happy with your service. And your business is going to multiply because you're operating with integrity. Um, also, I hate when people say this is the way to do something. There is something in me that has to prove that wrong. If you have three ways to double your sales or whatever it is, like it's usually BS because it just depends. Yes, there are core values. There are proven tactics. There are good practices and systems, but there is no easy answer and it is not a one size fits all. So that's, that's why I get in and know my client to know how they can authentically continue to do that on their own. And I know you guys work out and you have a lot of that. Like if somebody came in and gave you a workout that was so contradictory to what you do, you're not going to last with it, right? You're not going to keep up with it. You're not going to continue with it because it doesn't feel right to you. And, and it's the same way with sales. It's the same way with all the other things. Having something that's going to be an extension of you is going to feel right and you're going to get better with it because you're operating in your zone. I love it. I love it. So now let's go one step further. We've built the business. Now we're, we're getting consistent leads. And initially, we're the owner, operator, marketing, sales. We're doing everything. And we, we get to that point. Now we want to scale. What are the steps that we are taking to build the sales team? Yeah. So this is tricky because I think with a lot of times people get overzealous and they think that, okay, if I'm, if I have 10 sales a month by myself, if I hire two more salespeople, I can have, you know, 30 and that it doesn't, it doesn't equate to that. I think really understanding the sales process yourself and having it set up, do it, know it. And then find people that are in alignment with your vision and your goals. I have always been blessed that wherever I have worked, I'm honest about how I sell. And if you want to just turn clients, if you want to just get people in and out, I'm not your girl. There's other people that will do it. So you, because realistically, when you have a service, you are your brand. If you don't have someone out there as an extension of you really understanding and representing you, then you're going to destroy your brand through the wrong people or through them not operating the way you would operate. So it has to be an extension of you. Yeah. Absolutely. And then let's go another one further. So now we've, we've initiated the sale and we're going through the sales process and now the sale is happening. Where do we go from there on the client experience side? Because in my opinion, the best sale is the one that 
you're, you're consistently nurturing the client, you're doing great work. And then over time, the best form of marketing is the fact that you're doing a really good job and fulfilling on what you said that you would do so that it makes it easier to, to sell the next time. So tell me more about what that client experience piece and how important that is for you. It is so, it is so important, especially for reoccurring subscription type of things. I sell virtual assistant services. So that first payment is the hardest for the client. They're still unsure. You know, if you deliver what you say you're going to deliver, they're happy to write that check, right? They're, they're excited because they're getting what they paid for. So, so handholding them along the way to make sure that you know, they don't have buyer's remorse. They're not fearful. I mean, all of these things come up with all of us. So making sure that they're still educated. The worst thing in the world is to pursue a lead, get them to sign, and then have it fall flat on the customer service experience. That's death, right? What I do for my clients too, is I do client spotlights. We Focus on them. Yes, I want to hear how our services help them, but I really want to put the spotlight on them and who others can connect with them, right? So again, back to giving value with every touch point, even more so even when they're a client, you don't want to just drop off that pursuit. You want to still keep that relationship going and nurture that. So this way, as you said, they can go and spread the word and then you're, you know, you have evangelists out there singing your praises. So, so more of a, I guess, a perspective to zoom out for, for a second. You mentioned virtual assistants. That's kind of the services that you're helping provide a lot of, I imagine a lot of business owners, right? Like yes. what's, what has that been like? I mean, the emergence of VAs has saved and opened up margins for businesses like crazy. It saved them a ton of money. It's allowed them to scale faster. It's allowed them to keep their, their costs low. Where do you see, you know, VAs in the future of, of VAs going, you know, as a lot of times we're seeing the Philippines be a common place, for, you know, but it's more expensive to have VAs in the States versus outside of the US. Where do you see that industry going as a whole? And then how do you see like ChatGBT and AI having an impact in that industry? Yeah, great question. So I've been in the space for about 10 years. So well before the pandemic, I was in a uh, virtual staffing company doing sales I worked remotely for many, many years, even before that. And then I am with Peachtree Versatile Assistance for the past year and a half. We supply US-based VAs. It is not cheap, but there's also a huge need. The Philippines have come along with how they're serving, but they are. So how I explain to my clients is offshore VAs are good for a lot of the task-based work. And, but again, if you need a VA to be an extension of you, we serve a lot of solopreneurs, a lot of small businesses where they can speak to a client. They can speak to another contractor. They can speak to anyone on your behalf, communicate and really represent you. That's where you do not want to skimp on the U.S. base. Plus we serve a lot of lawyers. We serve a lot of financial people. I would not trust that information overseas. I just, it's just impossible. I couldn't echo what you're saying more. Like we're in the financial space or have been in the financial space since around 2017, 2018. And one of the biggest issues that we have faced, you know, looking into VAs internationally is exactly that. We, we really can't trust that. There's almost a social disconnect at times that you, you, you can't have present when we're talking about people's livelihoods. We're talking about their family, their money, their future. 
So it's very important. I, I would, we would argue, obviously, and I, I imagine you would too, to have that kind of that social cue aspect of it as well. And that extra dollar goes a longer way, especially when your clients are going to be feel more comfortable, or if, if it's a customer based type of relationship, your customers are going to feel more comfortable and in alignment and, you know, not have to get random phone calls from clients like, Hey, uh, is this person working for you? They, they sound like they're like an internet scammer or something. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. But, and also to your point, outsourcing has grown and exploded over the past several years. You literally do not have to be, you could be a solopreneur, you can own your own business, you don't have to have W2, and you could have the best of the best on fractional basis and just have a rock star team pulled with contractors if you have the right ones and vet them properly and have them in alignment with your mission. Yeah, I think we're going to have to have a, a conversation after this, Darlene, because we're we're in need of some some killers on the VA side, but I only want to hire American-based. As we near the end of this podcast, we love to ask a specific question to everyone that comes on because this is the Consistency Wins podcast. So consistency is the name of the game for us. We're big advocates for it. What does consistency mean to you? And I know in, in sales, it's everything, right? The consistency of the follow-up and the consistency of staying integrous. And also, if you're in sales, the consistency of high performance everywhere else to allow you to have the energy to consistently follow up with people and, and it's a, a keep it that contact sport. Tell us more about what that means to you and your clients. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I have the blessing of loving the interaction, although I do get zoom fatigue at times, but that energizes me. But the consistency part of it is, I would say this is in every aspect of my life is to always do the right thing when, even when nobody's looking, right? Integrity, integrity, integrity. We've the past couple of years been crazy with my husband's health and all of those different things. And just taking the next right step and keep moving forward, even when you don't feel like moving forward, don't go by your feelings. Just take the next right step. You don't have to think through. Sometimes there's things you don't have to think through the next 20 steps, but if you take the next right step, the next one will open up for you. So that is the consistency that I've been dealing with, just taking the next right step. I love that. I love, I think that might be the, the name of this podcast. I love it. I, I really appreciate you, Darlene. You know, the, you, you bring so much integrity to the space and in a space that sometimes the integrity gets questioned. Right. Yeah. And, and so thank you for just always being that person. And, you know, it's been a pleasure connecting with you. And I know we'll, we'll definitely connect and continue to connect offline. How can our listeners follow you? How can they connect with you? Sure. So I'm big on LinkedIn. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I have a lot of content out there. You can visit my website, dp-consults.com. And I'm happy to have a discovery call, see if my services are good for you. And as I, as we said several times, we have an awesome network. So if I'm not the right person, I can pass the baton to someone who is. Amazing. You know, you'll get a quality experience with Darlene. Thank you so much for coming on and, and pouring into us. I appreciate you both. Thanks.